Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. We do appreciate those who minister to us in music. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 16. Psalms 16. I want to minister for a few minutes. I'm so appreciative of all who come to this uh, uh, conference. Uh, It's a uh, signature moment as we make a transition in a new building. How's our conference? No more ladies walking outside in the dark to outside toilets. (laughs) Praise God. My wife and I came to pastor the Prescott Church on the 11th of January, 1970. I think I made the statement in the last conference that when we came here, we stepped into destiny. God had a purpose for this church. He had a purpose for this ministry. And uh, the word destiny has already been mentioned here tonight. Some people get nervous when you begin to talk about destiny. But destiny is, according to the technical definition, something to which a person or a thing is destined. And it adds the word fortune to that. It's a predetermined course of events, often held to be an irresistible power or agency, and sometimes fate is added to that. The Bible speaks often about a purpose, and as it uses those words, a purpose predates the time when this is triggered it's a predetermination or goal or an aim towards which God guides and works to overcome all the events and opposition to achieve the course of the times in our text we're going to read the word lot in other words God has a Lot. So many words uh, we can take a look at. Psalm 16, beginning with verse 5, I want to read from the Bible. The Lord is a portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly heritage or patrimony uh, or a estate. I'll bless the Lord who's given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. 
my flesh also shall rest in hope. So this evening as we're in this Bible conference, we are the recipients of God's destiny. Think about this for a moment. I think it was about 10 years ago, I began to hear people talk about when Pastor Mitchell dies. I said, that's me. (laughs) And so uh, I actually even preached a sermon in a conference when Pastor Mitchell dies. So I put this sermon together about a month and a half ago, and about two weeks ago, I was involved in conversation, and I heard that the word on the street now is the fellowship only has five more years, and that it's going to destruct Now, I'm smart enough to know what that means. They're counting on me. I'm 89 years old, and they figure I've only got five more years left. (laughs) Well, your arithmetic's wrong because I have 11 more years left. I'm going to live to be 100. (laughs) And besides that, you haven't been very observant because this uh, fellowship was not built on me. It was not built on a personality. The dimensions of this fellowship are God-given. So listen carefully to me tonight because I want to talk about you tonight. I want to talk about your future and our future as a fellowship. And we want to move through this. These are very powerful words. I was reading the Bible thinking about uh, this Bible conference, when these words came to me in Psalms, I want to read that again to you. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance, and of my cup you maintain my lot. That's a portion or a destiny. The lions are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly heritage or patrimony or estate. I'll bless the Lord who has given me counsel, My heart also instructs me in the night season. I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. Now, many of you are in this tent because years ago you came and joined in with what God is doing. So let's ponder about this for a moment because we have tonight a seed principle, a seed principle. When I say those words, uh, we're talking about a satanic agenda that contests that seed principle. And that seed principle, as we're ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ, is operating in a hostile arena. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, the thief comes not, but for to kill, uh, to steal and to kill, and to destroy, I'm come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. So think about the reality of life for a moment, because the moment we're born into this world, the death principle begins to be triggered. But we have a purpose of God, a God-ordained purpose. And in verse 5 it says, my portion and my inheritance. If you're here this evening and you're part of our fellowship, you have a portion. You have an inheritance. 
And I want to point out to you our future tonight, moving from this passage of Scripture, because we serve a good God. Can you say amen? Some years ago, it was Oral Roberts who began to make, uh, uh, make known that God is a good God, and this began to be picked up. But the Scripture actually says that, that God is a, a good God. We have in the Bible the parable of the pounds, the parable of the talents, and the stories told by the Lord Jesus Christ, how that began to play out. And it said that in carrying that out, God gave to each one according to his ability, and you can read the rest of the parable yourself. God gives us everything we need to carry out his purpose. Are you listening to me? Some of you are sitting there, and as you're sitting there, you're discouraged in your, uh, in your spirit. But everything we need, God supplies. He is a good God. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, the Bible says, I know the thoughts or the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now ponder that for a moment as we begin to look at our own lives. And the Bible says that to that equation, he gifts to us the fullness of God. Think about that for a moment. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 19 and 20. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think uh, according to the power that works uh, in us. Now God is constantly at work. The Bible tells us uh, and demonstrates this. And the principle uh, that we have is a principle of a seed. When I was a boy, I lived not too far from here. And uh, I was fascinated by seeds. I would take bean seeds, wheat seeds, corn seeds, uh, put them in the ground uh, and water them. I, I knew that I would never have a large crop because there's not enough seeds there to do that. But I was fascinated as I watered them and waited as the sunlight and the moisture germinated those seeds. Uh, soon I would see a little plant begin to break through the ground. And these fascinated me that this was life. This was God's principle of life, uh, and I would observe that and ponder what brought that to pass, uh, and uh, this was a fascination of my heart. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 28 says, For the earth brings forth fruit of itself, that the, first the blade, then the air, after that the full grain uh, in the air. Here's God's life principle uh, at work. You and I are involved in planting the seeds of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful blessing to listen to these workers tonight. Can you say amen? amen. Spread across the world, one by telephone, and all of them planting seeds and beginning to give us a report because we had a part in that. They were launched in one of our fellowship churches, which to the present time Numbers about 2,600 in 120 countries around the world. 40, uh, 49 uh, uh, years later, the seed that God has ordained is bringing forth eternal fruit 
and we're a part of that. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? Anything that God is involved in is going to get a whole lot bigger. You're sitting there tonight, you're discouraged. Somebody betrayed you along the pathway. But I want to say to you something. We stepped into destiny in 1970 that has not stopped. This building that is being built that we're all in turmoil about and is very inconvenient to us, this building is a part of God doing something. And the reason we're building that is to facilitate what God is doing. So ponder this for a moment because I believe that every person has a destiny. Think about that for a moment. I spoke to Pastor Campbell some of the thoughts of this and and I told him, I said, the difficulty of the person and that word that's on the street is we only have five more years they mistake what we are and what caused us to come to pass. It's the destiny of God. This fellowship was not built on me. That's the reason that they're mistaken. And if five years from now you make your move, you'll be dead. Because I did not build this fellowship. God built this fellowship. Can you say amen? Thank God for that. I believe every church has the destiny with God. I have pastored some of those churches. I have the knowledge of some churches like Prescott that the devil has did, done his best to destroy various events in their pastors sitting here passing churches that the devil tried to destroy. But God had a destiny for those churches and they are solvent today, still producing souls for the kingdom of God. Now let's ponder this for a moment, because in the scripture it says, God maintains our portion. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? If it wasn't for that, I'd never get a wink of sleep, but I sleep very well. He maintains our portion. So here comes the need now to exercise faith. I preached a sermon recently this year on the indigenous principle. The indigenous principle is a principle that God has ordained for church growth and increase and destiny. And an indigenous church is a church that is self-sustaining, it is self-supporting, it is self-propagating. And that's the aim that we have made in our fellowship. Three principles we have that secure our future. One is we were based on evangelism. When you stop evangelism, you might as well die. It's all over. Can you say amen? Number two, we're a discipling movement. A discipling movement means that you're putting in place those that are going to carry the principle on to the future and third, we are a church planting fellowship. Those three principles are what makes our fellowship what it is and keeps it thriving in the present moment. God is into and intends to grow your ministry. Ponder this for a moment because I'm talking about your future. 
in Mark chapter 4, 26 and 27. And Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast seed into the ground, and it should, and, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knows not how. Now, isn't that a miracle that Jesus put that? He says, this is what God is doing. He's doing it with you. He's doing it with churches. He's doing it with this movement. If we continue to build on the principles that God has given us, our future is very, very bright. Now, let's ponder for a moment because the principle that we have is God has ordained for us to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Thank God for that. Some of you are sitting here tonight and your chin is in your chest and you're saying, you must be dreaming. Did you shoot up some heroin before you came on? Don't even know what the stuff looks like. But I'm talking about God's stuff. Can you say amen? And... God is into growing your ministry, uh, and we are scheduled to rule and to reign with Jesus Christ. Let's think about the original purpose for a moment. In the book of Romans chapter 3, 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What's that all about? Well, what God's purpose was for mankind is the glory of God. And what happened when man sinned, he falls short of the glory of God. But this is our lot. In the text that we read, it said, you maintain my lot. Now ponder this for a moment with me as we move through this, because this is our lot. Matthew 19, verse 27 and 28, then answered Peter, and said unto him, Behold, we've forsaken all and followed you. What shall we have therefore? In other words, what is in this for us? 28 says, Jesus said to them, Verily I say unto you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones, uh, judging the twelve tribes uh, of Israel. Luke 22 puts it again says, you're they who've continued with me in my trials. And I appointed unto you a kingdom, as my Father has appointed unto me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Presently, uh, we're in training for that. Ever so often we have to referee conflicts between brethren. Uh, but in First Corinthians 6, uh, verses 1 through three says, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you worthy, unworthy uh, to judge the smallest uh, matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How much more things uh, that pertain uh, to this life? So, we're in a process at the moment, and that process is to handle kingdom affairs. Pastor Camel did an excellent job talking about money. Luke talks about money, Luke 16, says, If therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous money, who will commit to your trust the true 
riches. He goes on to say, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, uh, who should give you that which is uh, your own? So let's lock in on this because we're learning and we had a, 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 a privilege tonight uh, to take place uh, in the management uh, of that which belongs to God, which he put in our care as stewards. So let's think for a moment because I'm talking about your future and mine as a fellowship. So this must be claimed by faith. Packy Rods, the pastor in Bangalore, India, preached in Prescott last night. He preached a fantastic sermon and he virtually said everything that I said but then he wound up saying, you have to claim it by faith. And we had a number of people that stood, went forward to begin to act upon that and claim that by faith. See, the error that happens to human beings, and especially those in ministry, is that they become satisfied with the status quo. We get pastors, they get a little bit of success. They gain a few people, they get 80 people. They begin to be invited to preach in a harvester's home or perhaps in a conference uh, or do a revival somewhere. And so uh, I've observed this very in interestingly. And so they begin to accept the fact, I've arrived now. You've got 80 people, you've arrived now. <laughs> you've got invited to preach somewhere, you've arrived now. But you see, God's purpose for you tonight is destiny. Are you listening to me? God's purpose for you is what He has ordained, not where you are today. That's why I said I can guarantee you that God's purpose for you is to make your church a whole lot bigger than it is now. Said, How do you know that? Because He states that in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. These are plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. One translation says to give you an expected end. So let's lock in on this because God's purpose tonight is destiny. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible makes an interesting statement. Says, but it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he's revealed them to us by his spirit. And so we need to lock our minds in. Not what we're doing today, but the future that God has for you. That's called destiny. So let's think for a moment about Joshua. Joshua now is in the uh, promised land. He's entering into his destiny because God has brought him to leadership in the taking of the land. And God says to him, Joshua, rise up and claim your destiny. It's found in Joshua chapter 1. This is after Deuteronomy 20, uh, 11 verse 24, which was uh, nearly 100 years previous, previously. And this statement is made to God's people. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness and Lebanon 
from the river, the river Euphrates, uh, even under the uttermost sea shall your border be. That's repeated in Joshua chapter 1, many, many laters, years later, because many men are satisfied just to make a living. How many of you are just satisfied to make a living? Thank God you're making a living. Your wife's happy for that too. But that's not your destiny. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ tonight, you're sitting in this place, we're involved in a work of God. The limits of that, as Packy Rad said last night, there are no limits. You limit that by your own lack of claiming that and beginning to lay hold of that. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 10 is an unfortunate man. His name is Demas. He did what numbers of people who have been affiliated with us have done in the past. He became disheartened or discouraged. And Paul writes about him in 2 Corinthians 4.10. says, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now it does not say that Demas went back smoking pot. Demas started doing drugs. Demon was committing fornication. What it does say was he's forsaken me having loved this present evil world. In other words, the normal affairs of life have begun to lay hold of this man and he turned from destiny to pursue something that pleased him personally and God help us that we do not fall into that way. Paul admonished the church in Ephesians 5 and verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now think about that for a moment. As I said in an earlier conference this year, or last year, we live in one of the greatest seasons of time in world history. Think with me for a moment. Those of you who are Democrats, you're all warped sideways because uh, Donald Trump got elected. Cheer up, it's going to get better. One of the greatest opportunities in world history is present now. If you've never read the book, God and Donald Trump, you need to buy it and read it. It has some prophecies in there of legitimate prophets, not some dingbat, that has given prophecies of Donald Trump long before he even was running for president. One of the prophecies that is very prominent that keeps turning up is Donald Trump is going to be elected president of the United States. This is when he was doing nothing but a show on television and he's a playboy. And if you use your natural mind, you'd say, you're a nut of some kind. And yet they said that, and lo and behold, he did become president. I said to my church, if Donald Trump is elected, it'll be God. Because the whole world of the media is against him. Read that book. It has some very interesting prophecies. One of these uh, is that he is going to be the key that triggers uh, worldwide revival.
I believe that. You don't believe that. Well, it's too bad for you. Amen. <laughs> Pentecostal preachers have been preaching for years that we are yet to see a worldwide revival that is prophesied. That's going to come to pass. Amen. That's going to come to pass. And we're a part of that. Can you say amen? So if this is true tonight, what kind of people ought we to be? What kind of people we ought to behave in the opportunities that are given, in the resources that are put into our hand? If you're a pastor in the disciples that God has brought into your church, you said, oh, I brought those in. You idiot. You didn't. God is at work, my friend. People with good sense wouldn't even attend and listen to you. <laughs> He's laid those in your hands, not for you to capitalize on, but for you to make a worker and a disciple that will make other disciples and bring this to pass. First Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5 says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. You are a part in this building tonight, this tent. You're a part of what God has ordained. I did not ordain this fellowship. I'm more astounded than anyone else what God has done. This fellowship was not built around my personality. It is built about Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The principles that we have were not something that I came into town to bring to pass. I actually came to, to Prescott to find a place to raise my family because of my discouragement with denomination, with religious uh, 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 politicizing. And I came here to raise my family uh, and be able to preach. Uh, had no idea what God had in mind, but he knew what he had in mind. Can you say, God, thank you, amen, what God had in mind. So you're a part of what God has uh, ordained, and this then puts upon us the responsibility to this week rise up and begin to claim what belongs to us in God's destiny. Say, so what is destiny? Destiny is what God has ordained for every human being, what God has ordained for every church, what God has ordained for every movement. It simply behooves us to rise and begin to claim that. I was thinking tonight as I was praying about uh, Moses. His father-in-law came to him and said, uh, this business is too much for you. You're taking all this counseling on yourself. What you need to do is you need to rise up and get others that are going to help you. So Moses did that. He wrote the names of 70 men that are going to have the spirit that he has so that they can do the work of God. He wrote the names of these men 
And when he did, he established destiny for them. And the Bible says at a given point in time of God's time, remember that, that the Spirit of God came upon those 70 men. Two of them weren't present where they should have been, but their names were on the list. Seventy people received the spirit that came upon Moses, uh, and the rest is history. Now think about that. That's destiny. And I'm challenging you tonight. You're in this tent. I'm challenging you tonight. You're in this fellowship. You have come and associated, and God has a destiny for you. One more thought, and then I'm going to leave you alone. When I was in Perth, Australia in 2009, Russell Plummer, one of the great faithful men in that congregation, gave me a sheet, and three pages in that sheet was uh, the uh, principles uh, that are so powerful that you think about them. Three degrees of contagion. I read that, I said, this is absolute masterpiece. Because research had been done, and they discovered that people become obese when they associate in areas, not because somebody said, here, have another schnitzel here. (laughs) It's because there's a dimension that we don't understand about association. People begin smoking, not because somebody tricks them into smoking that's going to destroy their lungs, but because there's an invisible spiritual dimension that begins to work, that begins to entice them to the conduct of the people they're associating with. It used a number of those as illustration, and I was fascinated by that. And then the last sentence that it uses, it says... We become like the people we associate with. Are you listening to me? You're successful to some degree. Can I suggest to you that's not because of your brilliance? But it's because God has placed us in a position of destiny. uh, And ours is to rise up and claim that. I want you to bow your head in this tent, all of this tent. No one moving around for the next several moments. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one. On the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, Our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, 
subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.